Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Shaden, and this is a recording of our Bible study at Hope Collective Church that meets every Wednesday at 6.30 in the evening. If you are in between ages 18 to 40 years old, you are welcome to join. But for now, please enjoy this week's episode. The Beatitudes is found in the fifth chapter of Matthew. And it's very interesting because when you look at the first word that is recorded, it is the word blessed. If you go to the Old Testament... The, the, the last word that is written in the Old Testament is curse. The very first word that's recorded in the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon ever delivered by Jesus, is the word blessed. Right then and there, Jesus is making a statement. Not only once does he say blessed, you can argue he says it about eight or nine times. I'll get into that later. Over and over and over, Jesus says the word blessed, as if to say there's something else that I'm doing here. There's something new that is happening that I want you to be a part of. When you look at the word blessed, the word in the Bible, that word is also happy or fortunate or lucky or highly favored. Like when somebody wins the lottery, you would, you would say something like, that guy is so lucky. There's a sense of, wow, good for him. And this is Jesus' first sermon he delivers. We have to really understand what's happening here because when I look around, it seems like a lot of people here have gone to church. And sometimes the church doesn't speak like that. They use different types of words, like sinner, repent, right? You're not good enough, right? Sometimes when you walk into church, you're immediately whacked across the face with how bad you are. You look around and all these people are in their nice clothes and their Bibles and squeaky clean people. And, and, and you're walking in there going... I don't feel so good. I feel dirty. And then you see people that know you, that know your story, and you start to think, I wonder what that guy thinks of me being here. Some people might even give you a look like, what are you doing here? Or people could even see me preaching or teaching up here, and they could actually say, what is that guy doing teaching up there? Does the, 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 does the people here actually know what he's done? Do you really know who Shaden is? Right? Jesus gives his sermon. And he starts with blessed. Blessed are you. Blessed are these. Blessed over and over and over and over. Jesus is going so deep here. It's deeper than what we would call a blessed life. We think blessed are those with fancy cars. Blessed are those with good jobs, with a lot of money, with good families. Blessed are those that have parents that are together still. Blessed are those who are married to somebody Blessed are those who are healthy, right? Lucky are them. Lucky are you if you have that fortune. Lucky are you if you're born in a wealthy family. Wow, you're lucky, right? But it's interesting because when Jesus starts to talk about blessed people, it's very different than what's actually going on and what you actually think is a blessed life. It's far deeper than tangible things. Let me say that again. The blessings of God go far deeper than tangible, temporary things. They go deep into the core of who you are. The world will say you are blessed because you have something that is temporary. You are blessed because you have money. That is temporary. You're blessed because you have a house. That's temporary. You're blessed because you have a nice car. That's temporary. Blessed are you that you have the iPhone 14. But guess what? Yesterday, the iPhone 15 just came out. <laughs> and I want it. Right? Jesus goes and says, blessed are you 
if you have this type of character. Blessed are you if you are this type of person. Not blessed are you if you have these things that are temporary, that will fade. No, no, no. Jesus goes deeper. Blessed are you if you have this type of identity. You see? Jesus is going really deep here. He's starting something new, something grand, deeper than what the people back then are used to. Because back then, they thought, blessed are those with money. Same like today. So that message that Jesus spoke back then is relevant to us today because we are still stuck in that mindset that blessed and lucky are those that have this type of stuff, that type of stuff. When blessed and lucky are those that actually have this type of identity in Christ. That's true blessedness. St. Augustine, who is a 4th century theologian, that is 400 years after Jesus, he says this, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. This was said in the 4th century. How true is this today? How restless are you today? In America, you guys, we are the luckiest people on planet Earth. The most blessed people, I guess you could say. The most fortunate people in the world. Are you kidding me? If you live anywhere else in the world, if you visited anywhere else in the world, you would know how blessed people are to live in America. But still, there's restlessness. Am I right? There's anxiety. I, I struggle with anxiety. Yeah, 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 you heard that right. Uh, the leader in the church. I struggle with anxiety. Insomnia. Sometimes depression. I'm restless. So the time that Jesus walks on the scene, when the Beatitudes are given, something is already happening. He doesn't just show up and all of a sudden preach. There's already something going on. Jesus had, Jesus had already gone through the temptation, right? 40 days in the desert, tempted by the devil. He's done signs and wonders. And it says in, in the last verse in chapter 4 that all these crowds were following him from all over. Big crowds. Not small crowds, big crowds. So Jesus at this point is very famous. And so Jesus starts this sermon on the mount. But before that, there is something very important you must read. In chapter 4, it says somewhere, I think uh, verse 17, that Jesus went all over the place and he was preaching, repent for the kingdom is here. Repent is a trigger word. I hate that word. Yes, I'm a Christian and I'm a leader in the church. I'm a pastor. I got a Bible college degree. Yes, I hate that word repent. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Because there is a negative connotation to that word. The word repent is very closely related to you're not good enough and you will never be good enough. Repent. Because you are so bad. God hates you. And, and I think a lot of theologians, if you read, can agree with me when they say that the English translation of metanoia does not do a good job. But in the Bible, it says repent. And I'm going to tell you why I also love that word. That word repent comes from the Greek word metanoia. Okay? Meta means above, and noia means mine. So when Jesus says repent, in other words, metanoia, metanoia, he's saying you need to think above your, your normalcy. You have to think beyond what you're used to, okay? 
You see how different that is to our word repent in English? Our word in English repent, for some of you, might be a very negative word, right? You might, you might relate that word to somebody on the corner of a street with a bullhorn that says, repent or go to hell, right? God hates you, unless you repent, right? That's not the original intention of that word. I, I'm convinced that when Jesus said that word repent in those days, it wasn't like, oh gosh, here we go, the guy with the bullhorn yelling at, yelling at the sinners, oh gosh, here we go. No, 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 no. Jesus was preaching, repent, and people were following him, and big crowds were starting to gather around him. That word was a positive word. Repent. Change your mind, you guys. There's more to come, is what that word means. Meta, above, noia, mind. Above your mind. Think above, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's more to this. You see why that word would bring freedom? Because people in those days were stuck. Okay, so when you read repent and the kingdom of heaven is, is near, don't read that and go, oh God, see Jesus is just like those guys in the corner with the bullhorn saying that I'm going to go to hell if I don't repent or go to church or don't read my Bible. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying there's something far more better than this. Far more better than what you think is a blessed life. Than what you think is good fortune. There is more. And you know what's really interesting? Metanoia is very closely related to the word paranoia. Para means irregular. Noia means mine. In, in, in Greek, it would be paranous for some reason, not paranoia. But remember, remember metanoia, meta means above and noia means mine. Paranoia is irregular thinking, a disturbance in your thinking. Right? I would say you're either or. You live in metanoia or you live in paranoia. The kingdom of heaven or not the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven, you're thinking beyond. Paranoia or metanoia. That's why I love that word, but I hate that word. I hate that word because it is a bad translation to what, is, what Jesus is actually saying. You see, now we're metanoia, repent, the true word of repent. How much hope that brings we tend to just skip that part in the Bible. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, where it says, Jesus says, repent in the kingdom of heaven, heaven is coming. Yeah, but let's just get to the Beatitudes. Let's just skip that R word. No, 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 you can't skip the R word. Even though it's a bad English translation, you can't skip it because Jesus is going, unless you think above, you're not going to understand the Beatitudes because you're going to be stuck in your irregular thinking still. You're disordered perception of reality. If you're stuck in your distorted perception of reality, you are never going to understand anything that Jesus, is, Jesus says. Again, metanoia. Think above. Think beyond. There's more. Okay? And yes, the study is about the Beatitudes, but before we get to the Beatitudes, we have to get to the Beatitudes. <laughs> okay? If we don't understand the word repent, then the actual Beatitudes will not make sense. You'll read this, and you go, blessed are the poor? Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. Blessed are the rich, right? The ones with seven figures in their bank accounts, or eight, or nine. 
with homes all over the world, cars all over the world. Blessed are those people. And yes, the poor in spirit may not be talking about riches. We'll talk about that next week. But at the first glance, you can think, poor? Blessed are the poor? What are you talking about? Blessed are those who mourn? No. Blessed are the ones that look happy on Instagram. All the influencers that get to travel the world. Blessed are those people. Blessed are the meek? No, no, no. Blessed are like the famous pop stars that have their name blasted all over Times Square. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? No. Blessed are those who have their own truth. Right? You're your own God. You make up your own truth. You make up your own righteousness. Blessed are the merciful? No. (laughs) Are you kidding me? The pure in heart? No. Have you seen the music videos nowadays? No, Jesus is talking about something different. Blessed are the pure in heart. You're never going to get there. You're never going to get to this if you don't repent. If you look at the Beatitudes, chapter 5, that word blessed is said nine times. Up here, there's only eight, though. And the reason being is because there are actually only eight Beatitudes. Um, the ninth blessing is a tag on to the eighth blessing. Run on blessing. blessing. There you go. The Beatitudes, you can actually read them backwards. Okay? So you can read it backwards and you you can go, why are they persecuted? Because they are peacemakers. Why are they peacemakers? Because they're pure in heart. How, why? How are they pure in heart? Because they are merciful. How are they merciful? Because they hunger and thirst for righteousness. Really? Why? Because they're meek. Why, why are they meek? Because they mourn. Why do they mourn? Because they're poor in spirit. The first step, poor in spirit. Then you can mourn. And then you can be meek. And then you can hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then merciful. And then pure in heart. Then peacemaker. And then finally, you might get persecuted. Seven, the first seven Beatitudes talks about character. The character of what you must look like if you want to be like Christ, okay? I'm sorry, I don't want to say you must look like, but it's something we should aim for. Jesus is standing on a mountain. Sermon on the mount. On the mountain is where revelation came from God, where God, where people received words from God, the law from God, the Ten Commandments from God on the mountain. Before the Beatitudes, it says that Jesus stood up in front of the crowd And he opened his mouth and taught. That is very important. Opened. He opened his mouth. Why is that important? Because in all the previous times that someone stood on the mountain that gave revelation from God, Christ was opening their mouth and giving them revelation through their mouth. Through the mouth of the prophets, Moses. Jesus was speaking through them to the people. This time, it says Jesus opened his mouth and he gave this teaching on the mount. He's speaking out of his own mouth now. He's not using prophets or people. And he's delivering an entirely different message. Changing it up entirely to, blessed are you who do this. Blessed are you who do that. You see how beautiful this is actually how beautiful this actually is, why this is considered good news, and why that single word repent 
has blown it for so many people because they think they are not good enough for the church. Yeah, they may not be good enough for the church, but they are good enough for Jesus. You see the difference there? So I'm going to end with this. And my friend Mikhail is going to lead us in a song. But I want you guys to think about these two questions here. Okay? Remember, I talked about metanoia and I talked about paranoia. Okay? Again, metanoia is thinking beyond, right? Changing your mind. Paranoia is a delusion, right? Getting distracted by a delusional perception, right? I want you to think very hard and deep. And as we worship, and you spend some time in meditation of the Lord, you can sing, you can pray, you can do whatever you want. I want you to think about these two things. What are some happiness delusions that you've believed? For example, those are things that the world has told you you need in order to be happy, in order to be successful. Some happiness delusions that you need to repent from is some delusions that the church has told you. Let me, let me say that again. We're in a church. I'm a staff on the church. <laughs> what are some delusions that the church has told you that you're not good enough unless you do that. You're not good enough because you did this. And where in your life or where in our life, in my life, must I metanoia? Where I need to repent. Yeah, maybe say sorry and change my behavior, but again, metanoia is deeper than behavior. It's character. Metanoia is far deeper than a change of behavior. It's a change of identity. Thank you for listening to this week's Bible study at Hope Collective Church. Feel free to join us next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. if you are in between ages 18 to 40. Or join our Sunday morning service at 8 or 9.30. See you next time.